It is by will alone I set my mind to read. It is by the juice of corn that words acquire meaning, the pages acquire stains, the stains become a review. It is at patreon.com slash sword and laser you can provide support. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And you know what? There are some people who think this is their favorite part of the show right here when we talk about what we've been eating. (laughs) People have actually said that? I've seen a couple of emails that say that. In fact, this was years ago. There was one friend of mine who's like, I actually don't read anything, but I listen to your show just to hear the opening, just to hear the what are we drinking? Yeah. Well, we've evolved. We've evolved. Yeah, yeah. Um, We've gone from what are we drinking to what are we nomming? What are you nomming? I had a really lovely, um, I I drove down to Vancouver today to go to the office for the very first time. Um, I've been working at Unity now for since November. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never made it down to the office because I live like, you know, an hour and 15 minutes away. It's kind of far. Oh, yeah. Um, That's like yeah, a couple so of miles in-, in LA terms. But yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Venice to downtown. Yeah. <laughs> like a couple. If that. Yeah, um, no kidding. Yeah. And so, but it's a beautiful drive. Um, but on my way back, there's a new burger stand that opened up called The Outpost. And I stopped there and got a couple of impossible burgers for, mm. for me and, and Juju. And, um, yeah, it was lovely. Perfect day out. It was like 80, 80 degrees, sunny, you know, we're having some, we're having a, a heat bulge or heat dome, heat, a dome. heat dome. We're in a heat yeah. dome. I heard with El Nino coming, the Pacific Northwest is going to get hotter this summer. So yeah, this is the first of that, I guess. A heat bulge <laughs> sounds inappropriate. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so the burger was good. I wasn't Hide actually that hungry. Julian wanted to eat at like four thirty, so like he ate very early, and I was just not not hungry yet. So yeah. I have that for after the podcast. Early bird special, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can do like five, but four thirty is really pushing it for me. And I had a pretty big lunch at one o'clock. Well, yeah. So if you ate that late, ready. that makes sense. Yeah. 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 How about you? What are you nomming? Uh, we had some pot stickers and noodles. Some. Just a good old fashioned pot sticker and noodle dinner. Nice. Wait, so both? Yeah. I would do. Oh, okay. So like pot stickers as like an appetizer, noodles for the main. We, actually, like no. Both at the same time. We we do both at the same time. We we have the noodles with the veggies in the in the broth, and then and it's not like a soup, right? It's just a little bit of broth for flavor, and then we uh, toss okay. the pot stickers on top. Is it like like a soup dumpling? No, like no, no, no. It's just, just a reg- regular I know they're goza. different things, yeah. but you said broth, so I got confused. The broth, I, I meant there's no broth in the noodles. The noodles are the noodles are not like a soup, not like a ramen. They're just, yeah. yeah. The noodles are like that. The pot stickers are just regular old gyoza. I have been really craving some like super Mandu. good, like Dan Dan noodles. Oh, that sounds Like great. with a lot of Sichuan pepper, like yeah. a lot of mom. And the numbing, the numbing. Yeah, pepper. that's the that's the, the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably mispronouncing that in in Chinese. I don't I speak it, so yeah, I can't tell you whether you are or not. But but I love that. I love that sensation. 
Anyway, we had nudes. One of my favorite foods. Nudes. <laughs> nudes for dudes. <laughs> and and Eileen. And Eileen. <laughs> and, and yeah, okay. I give up. <laughs> um, <laughs> my brain is just saying weird things today, I yeah. guess. I am drinking box wine, so that might be part of the is problem. Is that why? What, yeah, fl- what yeah. color of box wine? Red or white? Pink box wine. Pink. Oh, rosé. Yeah. Very pink, fancy. I moved from red box wine to pink box wine for the mm-hmm. seasonal change. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. 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 Very, yeah, su- very you know springy, you know, as we, mm-hmm. as we play out the last of spring here. I really feel like a little bit of a cliche of being like a 40 year old mom drinking box wine out of her <laughs> fridge at this point, but like, it's really much better deal. I can't argue with the savings. As someone who has run into these cliches in my in my life, uh, you start to find out why they're cliches sometimes. You're like, oh, that's why people this <laughs> oh, age do it. that. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. Makes like sense to I me now. The like, and it doesn't go bad either. So you can just like have one glass like every couple of days and it's still yeah, like, it's that's a big advantage. Days, we, know, so that really helps. We wasted a half a bottle of cab uh, because <gasps> we didn't drink it for a couple of days and it got warm. You know, like the oh, house got warm yeah. and we didn't have the air conditioning oh. on yet. And yep, goodbye. Do you have the air suction guy, like the rabbit? We do, but I didn't use it. It's my own fault. Oh, that, that makes a big I difference. wasn't thinking ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because right. in the winter, we didn't need to because it was cool enough in the house. It was usually fine. T.T. Lynn says, within, within every older person is a surprised young person. <laughs> so true. So well put. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Good turn of phrase. I like that one. All right, let's jump into the quick burns. Tom, take us away. Trike pointed out that we have the word on Foundation Season 2. That is the series on Apple TV based on the Isaac Asimov books. It is coming July 14th. Trike says the first season was a terrific adaptation of the classic Asimov books with just enough changes to make it fresh while keeping the overall story. And Trike, I agree with you. I, I think that's spot on. That'll be enough for me to get back on the the Apple TV bandwagon. Oh, really? Pluck yeah. down well, your I mean, I've been, $5. I, I want to watch Silo, too. Mm-hmm. Silo's um, good. So I'm enjoying it. I've heard it's incredible. I liked it from the get-go. I'm watching it with a couple of people who never read the books, and hmm. they didn't like the first two episodes because it's that prologue setup oh, before you okay. get to Juliet, you know? who's going to be your main character um, where, where they do all the, the things that happen really fast in the book, like the f- very first things take two episodes. Um, but You're I like better that. At remembering how books go than I am. Like, I feel like, like we read that so long ago that I, I, I know it takes place in a silo. <laughs> well, and that's, I, that's about it. I actually don't remember that much about the book because I was remembering it as I was watching it. I was like, oh, right. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. That's who Juliet is. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. It was more like that. And I'm also blissfully unaware of what's really going to happen next, other than like the large themes that I will not spoil. But but yeah, the the, the smaller events, I'm like, yeah, I don't remember what happened. So they could be departing from the book and I'd have no idea. Yeah, that's true. Um, though, I, I'm excited to see Common. Like I love comedy. He's good. Shows. I saw his first his first <laughs> big scene. He's he we had a couple of like real brief things, but yeah. Uh, do you remember those um, ads that he did for Microsoft, where he kind of did the like yes. the patter? Yes, you uh-huh. know. Uh huh. He he kind of talks like that in this episode. 
in this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And if anybody All doesn't right. know, Silo is based on Wool by Hugh Howie. So if you're a fan of Wool by Hugh Howie, you might want to check it out. I feel like the name change, though, Silo was. That's the name the, of the series. That's the name of the series. Yeah, it's yeah. the Silo that series. The Silo Saga, I think. And I feel like from from a from a TV perspective, naming it Silo versus Wool is probably a good call. Yeah. So far that people will be like, why is it about sheep? Yeah. What's the deal? What's right. happening here? And Silo, you're like, oh, it's about a, people in a silo. Got it. Yeah. And then as soon as you see the trailer, you get it like, oh, they live in the side. Oh, okay. And then it, it has, yeah, it's very evocative as a name. Well, moving on, this that, uh, that thing was not about silo, but you know. But also Foundation's coming July 14th. Yeah, Foundation's coming back. Jan says the future world's prize for fantasy and science fiction writers of color has announced its shortlist. Um, and on that list, we have Firstborn of the Sun by Michael Anson, Dawn in the Arbellium, by Ama Josephine Budge, What the Crew Wants by Mahmoud El Said, The Archer and the Oracle by Anne. Uh, I like Kanyo Shields. I like Kanyo Shields. Thank you. Light at Midnight by Ali Mahdi, The Taste of a Planet by Ariane Maki, The Breath of Silence by Melanie Renard, and Wisteria Comely by Kala Singleton. Good stuff. You can check that at locusmag.com if you want to find out more about those. Uh, Jan also pointed out that for Asian American Pacific Islander Month, Goodreads is presenting their list of new books by AAPI authors, including a plethora of books of genre interest. You can jump right down to the sci-fi fantasy horror section from Deep as the Sky, Red as the Sea by Rita Chang Epig to The Jin Bot of Shantaport by Samit Basu. Ooh, that sounds cool. That reminds me of that, that feels like like that because it says Jinbot, it makes me think of that that other series, that book that we read with the with the Jin. Oh, the um, genie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um oh, what's the name of Yeah, that I'm I'm definitely having a day where I can't remember anything, so I'm not even going to try. I can't remember anything today. My yeah. brain is so fried. I don't know what it is. Um, we've read so many good books. I love it. That's that's the best part about this show is like there's always like a tickle of like, I think I read something by this author or I read something along at this point. Theme. No, I know we've, we've covered so many. All right. Ruth says last year, many people enjoyed reading or rereading the classic horror novel Dracula by Bram Stoker via the Dracula daily emails, which send out chunks of the novel on the appropriate date as it's all told through letters and journals all dated. So you can follow the story in real time. This year, the Dracula Daily emails are running again, and you can also enjoy the spine-tingling tale in audio form via the podcast Re-Dracula, which updates in real time and features actors reading all the parts, plus clever sound design for more immersion. Another great way to experience the terror of <gasps> Castle Dracula. So smart. I mean, this was this was such a cool idea in the beginning to do it by email, but if you're going to bring it back... Uh, adding the podcast element is is great. Uh, it sounds it like a new twist. they were successful enough the first time around to expand. I love that. Redracula.live if you want to check that out. Melissa Melody says, has anyone else heard about Book Riot's new release tracker? I remember something similar being on the podcast before. Looks like this one uses, if you like that, try this to recommend. And it's being upkept by Book Riot, which has mm. one of the most reliable new release lists I've found. It's a subscription to get the full thing. They have a demo up at the link. But to be honest, I'd be willing to pay $5 a month for this level of information. So it sounds like it's bespoke 
release. So you, you tell them a little bit about yourself and then they say, okay, these are the new releases we think you might like. I love that idea. Oh, I just wish it would go. I know it's book riot and not Goodreads, which kind of makes me crazy because all of my data is on Goodreads. Yep. And I feel like it's going to take, I would pay for this too, but to like have to manually go through. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of setup process is like they do. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really tell you what kind of info you have to give to get it set up. All right. I'm going, I'm doing this. You're just going to do this sight unseen. You're going to plop down the five bucks. Well, I'm going to use our credit card. Yeah. Sight unseen. You're going to plop down our five bucks. (laughs) (laughs) It's for science. For science. It's for science. That's the title of the episode. For science. (laughs) $5 for science. $5 for science. All right. Unless we come up with something better. (laughs) I'm writing it down. Uh, I will do that though. That's a good, that's a good, I love that. I want to, yeah. I want to know what the process, like, like, do they just go sometimes they'll just like we'll send you some stuff you tell us which ones you like and they grow from there that wouldn't be too bad oh by the way to go back in time to answer a question we already have saray says it was a master of gin by p jelly clark thank you saray thank you this is why i need the the, the, the hive communal mind. subconscious yes you know like this is this is why the internet is so magical because like Instead of sending out my forklift into my own mm-hmm, mind, I mm-hmm. send out the forklift into our all of our brains mm-hmm. in a live setting. And so it's our it's like the 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 hive mind. Do you have a license for that forklift? For that forklift, I do not. It's in not all like jurisdictions class, that you just sent it out. I have a class C. Yeah. License. That's gonna be an issue, ma'am. <laughs> oh, <laughs> crap. All right. Okay. Um, Silvana. Did I read that one? Or yep. is, no, I is read it, Melissa Melody. So. Okay. Silvana says uh, Lockwood and Co. is canceled <gasps> after one season. Cry. It was a supernatural detective series based on Jonathan Stroud's young adult novels of the same name. She goes on to say, I thought the series was well received, but sigh. I have to say, I hadn't even heard of this. Yeah, they didn't do a good job marketing this one. What um, channel was it on? Netflix. It was a Netflix series and it oh, didn't man. get enough viewers. It didn't recommend it to me. It didn't Netflix recommend it. Well, I don't have Netflix anymore. That's probably why yeah. it didn't get recommended to me. <laughs> oh, but I didn't even hear about it. Was it? And it was good, huh? Yeah. This reminds me of The Rook on Stars. When they, oh, it was really good, I was thinking but just about that they the never marketed day. it and nobody watched it. So, yeah. I hope that doesn't happen to Silo. I feel like that's going to happen to Silo. <sighs> Apple's a little different. They seem to just kind of put a bet on something and then stick with it. Yeah. You know, but yeah, Apple has never canceled a series. They do a lot of limited series, so they don't have to, right? Where it's just one season, but mm-hmm. uh, it'd be interesting the first time Apple cancels something to pay attention to why. Well, that that makes me feel a little bit more secure. Yeah. That, that they'll do all right. So that, that's good. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Silvana. I know that that stinks when you get attached to something and you're excited about it and then it gets yanked. Yeah, that's annoying. Bummer. All right. Well, thank you to everybody who submitted Quick Burns this week. If you want to help post things that we can read about on here, on here, on here, on this here show, yep. you can do so yep. at the Quick Burns thread on Goodreads or Go on down to the Quick Burns, Burns General Store over on Discord. <laughs> 
All right. Well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Jan wanted to point out that we, uh, Tom and Veronica, meaning us, are, of course, right that it's difficult to bring a story where different people continue a story post by post to any kind of ending. It's basically the ultimate form of pantsing, as you can't really plan a plot or anything. Therefore, I thought a cozy science fiction story could be fun, as it's probably more about characters and the world than the plot, and for the people writing the excitement where others take the things you wrote. And of course, I would love to hear a rendition of the story read by Tom and Veronica, although I must admit I cringed a little when hearing my own writing. Uh, That's perfectly normal, Jan. It doesn't mean your writing's bad. It's just it kind of happens. So anyway, Jan says everyone is invited to participate, even if it's just a sentence. Go to Goodreads. Look for the collaborative storytime cozy science fiction link, uh, or you can go to swordandlaser.com for this episode, and we'll have it in the show notes there. Woot woot. And Jan, yeah, everybody feels like I I can't listen to myself on podcasts. Yeah. I can't listen. I can't watch videos that I do. Like I find it really cringy. So I I totally understand. You are certainly not alone. You are All not right. alone. I am here with you. Though you're far away. I was, that was like my turbo Michael Jackson phase. Really? <laughs> I went through like a real intense no kidding. Michael Jackson phase. That's amazing. I don't think you ever mentioned that to me before. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was probably, when did that song come out? When you were negative that was five. Like the, that was like the <laughs> early nineties. Yeah. No, it was probably early nineties. So you were young. You were super young. Yeah. I was pretty young. I'm thinking like 11, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. I went through like one of those like painful, like crying when the songs would come on the radio kind oh, of situation. Yeah. Like scream and like that's st- that era. And then I went back and bought all like the old Michael Jackson albums. Oh, nice. Wow. Like, you, yeah, yeah, you really went down. Obsessed. You really went down the rabbit yeah. hole. So I know a lot of Michael Jackson lyrics. <laughs> I wondered why you knew Annie, are you okay? So well, now I know. Weird, right? I know it's funny how you can know someone for 20 years and still learn new <laughs> stuff about them all things. the time. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Uh, Terp Kristen said, um, I loved listening to this episode while I was at the gym. I love the continue, <laughs> continued spotted dick conversation. Yeah. When V said that she was a pescatarian, I was reminded mentally that for purposes of Lent, capybaras and apparently beaver. Okay. I'm not going to like the rest of this sentence. I'm going to say it, but I'm not going to like it. I was reminded mentally that for purposes of Lent, capybaras and apparently beaver and muskrat are considered aquatic and thus okay for Catholics to eat during Lent. My brain works in weird ways, says Terp Kristen. Terp Kristen, this is why I'm so pleased you have hung Mm. around in this community for so long for moments like this. That's fantastic. I can totally see. This is the problem with setting rules. Every time you set a yeah. rule, there's going to be a person or a couple people are like, okay, so how do we get around this rule? And so when they're like, you can't, you can only eat uh, water, waterborne things during Lent. Uh, somebody's like, well, beavers in the water. So like a platypus eat, lives in the water. I can eat a beaver, eggs, right? So does that count? If I, <laughs> if I catch the bear Where do we draw in the, the water, line? can I eat the bear? Don't eat a bear. Don't eat a bear. <laughs> Just in general, don't eat a bear. Like that's across the I'm board. I'm going to put like, that I one down as an alternate title. <laughs> don't eat a bear. Don't eat a bear. Just don't. Don't do it. Um, I'm upset 
that anyone would eat a capybara. Like I know they're so I get it. cute. Capybara, 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 capybara. That's a song. Yeah. Did you? you don't, <laughs> Good. You, you don't know that one. No. <laughs> Weird. All right. It's a hit song. Uh, Trike said, just listen to the show. Another great one for the books. If you're not going to eat calamari due to their intelligence, I have bad or good news about spiders. And then he links to a National Geographic story about the idea that spiders might show evidence of dreaming. Aww. I'm glad he put or good in there because I wasn't going to eat spiders. I didn't have plans to eat spiders. I get confused sometimes about where insects fall on the can I eat them spectrum. Oh, as a pescatarian. So as a pescatarian, can you eat a capybara since it's in the water? <laughs> All right. Just 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 on a cuteness level, no. uh, things yeah. get real slippery slopey around here when I start going that route. Uh-huh. Like puffer fish, also very cute. I don't eat this. this is, puffer fish are dangerous to eat anyway. So. They're dangerous to eat for one. For two, I don't actually like the taste of most fish. I know. So I don't You're eat the a most lot of hilarious fish. pescatarian I know. I like I prefer crustaceans. Mm-hmm. So I like shrimp and lobster and crab. But then mostly. Thankfully, but then, you're not smart? Jewish. <laughs> I'm not Jew well, I'm not Jewish culturally. Um, but do I if I eat crustaceans and lobsters, is it also okay for me to eat arachnids because they're land crustaceans related yeah yeah like they're basically land crustaceans these are rules you make up for yourself by the way i know so you can decide it yeah i don't want to eat them though so that's good i guess you're gonna eat a lot of insects in your life involuntarily think of it that oh i was mountain biking yesterday and Mm -hmm. i definitely swallowed (laughs) several insects protein 100 accidentally ate insects um and i feel like Insects in terms of like the world's protein are like a really good solution. Yeah. You know, just in terms of like they're very sustainable and sustainable. There's a lot of them. So, but like from a, from an aesthetic perspective, from like a mental block perspective, I get why it's so difficult for mostly predominantly Western cultures to accept that as a food source. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with eating insects. I do have a problem with eating spiders and it's Why? totally irrational. It's because I'm afraid they're going to bite my tongue, even though they're not because I cooked them. Yeah. They would hopefully be. Yeah. Dead. No longer with us, but that's the weird thing. That's what my brain tells me. Don't eat that. It'll bite but your you tongue. But you know about the, the live squid slash octopus eating stuff, right? The live squid yeah, it's considered a delicacy, I believe. Oh. I can't remember if it's Korea or Japan. Sonakji is the name okay. of the dish. And Korean they're not then? they're not still conscious. It's just that the tentacles live on after. Can you prove that? Well, their brains have been disconnected from the limbs. <laughs> but do they have I mean, I guess I the other had, part like, might be Do they have brain brains? Well, you're I just, thought, get, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's just, you're just eating the legs as far as I know. And they're still, they're freshly severed. I know. So they're still doing yeah, the thing. So yeah. they're still. Got it. Okay. Not, I wouldn't, I feel like I would choke to death. I was offered to eat some when I was in Seoul 
and I was literally not hungry. Like, and I was like, oh no, I don't want to take your food. I'm not even that hungry. And then I, later I was like, what am I doing? Like, they were like, I want to see the Western guy eat the living thing. And I was just like, I should have taken him up on it. I almost regret it. I do have a thing. I, I kind of live by the, the Anthony Bourdain rule mm. of like, if I were to travel and if I were staying with people and they offered me hospitality, sure. just like, please eat this food I'm giving you, I will eat their food. Oh, yeah. No, this was in a, a night market. Yeah. We just happened to be sitting oh, I'm next not, to I'm them. not yeah, saying yeah. you should have eaten the food for that reason. Sure, I'm sure, kind sure. of saying like if for podcast listeners. So if someone there, offers if you, you spiders, your home, you're going to be like, oh, they're off. I'm staying here. They're giving me spiders. Exactly. Yeah. But I won't so eat a bear. Dwayne goes says spiders are people too, as we know, and which we'll continue to talk about in our episode discussion of the book we are currently reading. <laughs> yeah. So uh, don't jump into that. Don't eat spiders. That's a long rabbit hole. And don't eat a bear. Don't eat a bear. All right. Let's talk about the book of the month. This is not a wrap up, so it will be non-spoilery, though I did get spoiled reading some of these threads earlier because I clicked on a spoiler tag. Oh, but it was it was covered. You just accidentally clicked on it. No, I did it on purpose. <laughs> With, In the context you, you can't blame. of the sentence, mm-hmm. I'm not blaming anyone, yeah. only myself. Mm-hmm. In the context of the sentence, it didn't feel like it was going to be a spoiler. You, for you gambled. Story. You're like, ah, I bet I can handle this spoiler. And then, yeah, I lost. Yeah. I, lost. Uh, I got spoiled too. I finished the book. Oh yeah. That's, that's major spoiler. Now I know everything that happens because I read yeah. the whole book. The, is it, does it, did it ruin your enjoyment? of reading <laughs> The book? last page of this book is a total spoiler. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, although it is part of a series, so it didn't spoil the next books for me. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, I heard this is a great series. Um, so yes, it was actually uh, this this thread here, Other Minds by Ruth, that I clicked on one of her uh, spoiler tags and uh, got a, a a good spoiler, which was not, again, Ruth, not your fault. 100% my fault. All me. So do not feel bad. Somewhere Ruth is like, I don't feel bad. I did. I did it right. Like you're the dumb, dumb Belmont. Uh, So Ruth says, I'm going to skip the first part because it it is so imbued in spoilers that I don't think it'll make sense out of context. Um, But essentially it's about uh, this thread is, is what impressed Ruth is, is that all of these three books in this series uh, are not so much about the alienness of the aliens, but the familiarity. Uh-huh. Um, Tchaikovsky takes earth creatures, which most people are would regard as unlovable at best and disgusting at worst, uh, spiders and ants here, um, other creatures later, which are would be spoilery, um, or at least empathizable, and and all of this without humanizing the uplifted animals. He doesn't give them human traits necessarily, um, human societies or human minds. In fact, he meticulously maintains distinctions between how the different minds work. So the title of this thread is borrowed from a nonfiction book by Peter Godfrey Smith, uh, Other Minds. Um, I happened to read this book just before Children of Ruin, and I'm so unsurprised to learn that Tchaikovsky had used it in his background research. It's a very interesting scientific book at how an intelligence can operate in a way completely different from a human brain. Tchaikovsky has clearly done his homework, sorry, and incorporated the latest state of science into his novels, making his human readers look at the creatures around them in a different way. Science fiction in the purest sense. I I find this fascinating because I'm trying not to be spoilery for the first book 
mm-hmm. when we're talking about this because uh, we haven't said anything that isn't on the jacket so far, so far. Um, but one of the things that I think is interesting about that is if you were to create an alien that is truly alien, it will not be interesting to a human reader, right? Because we won't mm-hmm. identify mm-hmm. with it. Um that's why in in and say what's the what's the movie uh that's where they contact they have first contact with an alien species you have to work out the language arrival contact arrival <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> I knew you meant arrival I just wanted to say contact because like, also contact you use the word. but I was thinking yeah. of arrival they mm-hmm. have to tell the story from the human side right because they yeah. they really wanted the alien to be alien and there's nothing there's nothing for you to identify with and a good story lets you identify with so I think that's the trick here is to create a true alien. It gives you a human or a, an earth creature so that you're familiar and you have something to identify with. That gives him the room to be more alien, to to use that creature to create the alienness, uh, but without losing you. I, that, that's clever. Yes. Yeah. I thought this was a great, great thread. And I thought it was super interesting because I don't know if I thought about it that, that way because I, I feel. Hmm. I've highlighted so many of the descriptions of Portia's world Mm -hmm. in this novel. And I'll read some of them later in the wrap up. Um, And maybe he's almost, I don't know if I agree that they're not functioning in a human like way or their society. I mean, their society clearly is, matriarchal in a sense though can you really even call it matriarchal because of their yeah, what, finished what? okay oh interesting all right i'm holding my mouth okay. shut <laughs> he's physically holding his mouth shut all right i'm just gonna stop it right there so this is something interesting to think about yeah, while yeah, we continue yeah. the con the reading while i continue the reading of this novel um so i'll keep i will bear that in mind <laughs> says my palps are tingling Uh, On to Jan, who has a thread titled, What are the best depictions of alien cultures in sci-fi? Jan says, I really love the alien culture in Children of Time. Their society Mm -hmm. feels both utterly alien and totally relatable, just like we were talking about. Coming fresh off the book, I think it may be one of the best imagined alien cultures I've ever read. And it made me wonder what you all think the best depictions of alien cultures in sci-fi are. So Melanie uh, suggested The Lost Steersman by Rosemary Kirstein. Uh, It's book three of a series, though. So if you want to either jump in later or have to work through the first two to get there. Um, Mm -hmm. Morning Light Mountain, um, Mm -hmm. which is one from the book we read earlier this year from Tamahome, suggested that one. The Tines from Fire Upon the Deep. Fire Upon the Deep, Vinge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. That's a good one. Um, One of the only books I never finished in time for the show. Um, But the Tines were, if you you all remember, they had a kind of like a hive mind Mm -hmm. situation, like a a shared intelligence. Um, And they were like canine-esque. They couldn't have cities because if there were too many of them around in one place, they would go crazy. Um. The thing that popped into my mind was actually uh, the the Xenogenesis Xenogenesis series by mm. Octavia Butler mm-hmm. with the um, I can't remember the the uh, the Oncali 
yeah, the Onkali. Um, and they're like, they're so different and the way that they interact with humans. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That just, that just jumped out to me as being like a really interesting, interesting species that we encountered. I thought of the Shrike. Oh, don't think about the Shrike. <laughs> just, you don't need to think <laughs> about it. We don't need to talk about the that's Shrike. That's a great that's alien. Just, just saying. I'm giving the most massive sturgeon face right now. Yeah. Just in case you. I, just, I won't bring it up again, but it deserved to be mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. why, because, it, because you don't want to talk about it, that's why it's so good. Yeah. All right. Um, and then the final thread, uh, pulling me out of a reading slump. This one was really nice. Seth says, I hadn't really realized it, but I think it's been two to three months since I read a book that I felt really compelled to get back to as much as I could. There's lots of sports to watch and games to play and all that. And books haven't went out for my free time for a while. Oh, so, so, good, so good. what Seth is saying is the children of time pulled him out of that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, reading awesome. slumps are normal. Um, I've, I've, we've all had them, uh, but it's really nice when you find a book that pulls you out of it. That's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely found myself excited to read. Uh, in fact, when I was done with this, I found myself disappointed that I was like, oh, this is the time when I'd normally hang out, you know, with Portia and friends and I can't. Oh, Portia and friends. <laughs> it's such an unusual name for a spider. I love the names. I love the names. Yeah. The name like Fabian and Portia and Portia and what's the um the the warrior spider from the first chapter like it begins with a B like Bethany or Beal- Bianca <laughs> Bianca. Thank you, thank Elizabeth. You. Bianca. And thank Viola. you, Elizabeth. Bianca. It's yeah. so funny. I don't know why it's so funny. It is, those are like very Valley Girl names or something. Yeah, maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> or you'd find them at like a prep school in, in on the lower Upper East Side. Yeah. For spiders. Portia, Portia, Portia. Oh, Portia is a genus of jumping spider that feeds on other spiders. Okay. So well, smart move. That's less. Picking, picking the genus that also sounds like a Valley Girl slash Upper East Side student. Like, is Bianca also a genus of spiders? Is Fabian also a genus? I mean, Fabian's a pretty great name. Yeah. So 50s. Um, I very much want a jumping spider as a pet. You say TikTok that. has taught me that jumping spiders make adorable pets and they do TikTok bite, but not often. Teach. <laughs> TikTok shows. What do you mean by that? I mean, I wouldn't base any major decisions off what I learned on TikTok. I'd do some extra research to find out what TikTok didn't show me. I have discovered that I am very <laughs> impulsive and mm. I almost started collecting, like started... I don't know what the word is. Remember the crows, Veronica. The crows have left me because I didn't feed them for one day. Remember and they the just lesson like of the crows. <laughs> oh, the lesson of crows. That's another good show title, but we've had too many crow related titles in recent weeks. Don't need a bear. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening on that note. Um, our show is currently entirely funded by you, our patrons, Thank you so much to all the folks who help back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. 
Send us an email feedback at Sword and Laser. We are on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, did we ever do our Mastodon thing? Not yet. We got to we got to get we on still that. Can. Okay. Yep. Uh, at Sword and Laser on most social networks, and you can follow along with all the discussions on Goodreads.com/SwordandLaser or on our Discord. Get more info at SwordandLaser.com. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!